News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 169 of the Luke Macias Show. Today is election day in a runoff that has become a very aggressive battle against Austin elites and conservatives. In almost every battlefield in the state of Texas, every single one of these state representative seats, there are a handful of exceptions that might have two candidates that are more conservative or two candidates that are both pretty darn establishment types. But for the most part, we see a clear distinction in almost every single one of these battles from San Antonio all the way up 35, New Braunfels, Round Rock, a bunch in North Texas, over to the Houston area, Huntsville, Brenham, various different battlefields that have brought together the who's who of the Austin elites. Understand, in fact, if you go to texasscorecard.com, you can read a piece recently uh, written by Sidney Henry where she talks about the fact that Joe Strauss actually came off the sidelines to get engaged on a number of these battlefronts in a number of these skirmishes that are taking place. And I'm using uh, battlefield uh, verbiage because – In thinking about this election, uh, I'm reminded every time it gets really close to election day why I don't like doing elections. And that is because engaging in the electoral process is engaging in a battle that never ends. And most of us who engage in any type of conflict would like it to have some type of conclusion, right? When you go to war with an enemy, you go, the goal is that we get to a point to where this enemy is no more. Nazi Germany does not exist in the form it existed before we went to war with them. And throughout all of human history, most battles are fought in a manner in which one person's winning, the other's losing, and that war is over. But that is not the electoral political battlefield that we exist in in the United States of America, in the state of Texas. If you live in a district where there is this highly contentious race and you are helping a candidate in particular that you support versus a candidate you oppose, you are not fighting a battle that will never end. House District 73, New Braunfels, Texas. This is a perfect example of a battle that will never end. For those who know my history, I wasn't engaged in politics at all. And in 2006, my dad gets approached by somebody in our church and says, you should run for state representative in Comal County. Our current state representative is a liberal Republican. And we had not done anything politically up to that point. We'd been semi-aware, engaged. We showed showed up to the Capitol one time to lobby for a parental rights homeschool bill. And we watched the State of the Union and we listened to Rush Limbaugh on a weekly basis. But we were not engaged in the Republican electoral process. 
and dad ran and won by less than 100 votes of 20,000 cast against Carter Castile. Okay, so you would think that the win in 2006, you go, wow, you get outspent, you work your tail off, conservatives win. My dad went and voted very conservatively and governed conservatively. Aha, the battle's over. No, it's not. 2008 rolls around and Carter Castile and a lot of the New Braunfels people all recruit Doug Miller to run against my dad. And then they spend a million dollars against him. So in 2008, my dad loses by less than 50 votes of 30,000. Wow. Okay. So you'd think maybe the establishment says, wow, well, we won. Now the battle's over. We have this. It's taken care of. But fast forward to 2016. And now Kyle Biederman, who's an Ace Hardware store owner in Fredericksburg, Texas, gets recruited by a friend of his who's frequented his store, who also is a local Tea Party activist. And he says, Kyle, you seem like a conservative guy. You should run for state representative. Our current state representative, Doug Miller, for the last eight years is a liberal Republican who's been voting with Democrats far too often, Kyle says. That sounds horrible. I will run for office. He runs, gets outspent eight to one, and wins. So now you think, if you're in this community in House District 73, aha, now we have a conservative. Now we've won. The battle is over. Fast forward to today. Six years later, and Kyle Biederman said, I'm not running for re-election. And in this district, you now have Baron Castile, the mayor of New Braunfels, the son of the woman that my dad beat back in 2006, who has the support of Joe Strauss, the liberal Republican Speaker of the House, who voted for Joe Biden over Donald Trump, who is trying to help Baron Castile get elected, and liberal teacher unions who are literally trying to indoctrinate our children are helping Baron Castile. And the Speaker of the House, who worked with Stephanie Click and Dustin Burroughs and all of his staff to kill a bill that would ban sex change surgeries on children, is helping Baron Castile. And there will be a result on the Carrie Isaac versus the Baron Castile race. But here's the thing. Regardless of the result, the battle is not going to end. See, if you decide to engage in this arena, these battles are constant conflicts, which is why sometimes it feels nice to just maybe go be a realtor or an insurance salesman or go work for a bank or be involved in your church, go to seminary, do something else, something normal, be an engineer, work for a firm, I don't know, be a lawyer. Today's election day. I've already voted. I have shows talking about how to maximize the influence of your vote. It's not hard. You need to let everyone know you have voted in the primary and then tell them to vote and then tell them that you know who they should vote for if they don't. And you will find that you will get people to vote. Most people don't vote in runoff elections. Turnout is incredibly low across the state. Several hundred thousand people have voted in the Republican runoff. In a state that has tens of millions of citizens. So just so you know, if you have voted in the Republican runoff, you are one of the most engaged citizens in this community. Way more engaged than anybody else. So maximize that. Increase the impact that that has. If you text one of your friends that lives in your community that you care about and say, hey, I voted tomorrow or today's election day, it's Tuesday, 
You go vote. Polls close at 7. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Who do I vote for? Here's a list. Great. There's some huge battles out there. And the uh, Texas Ethics Report eight-day reports came out, and we got a little bit of a window into just how hard the elites in Austin are working to fight in every single one of these battlefields. Glenn Rogers, Stephanie Click, these are two more liberal Republican incumbents in the North Texas area who will both spend well over a million dollars in the runoff alone to try to keep their seat. A million dollars. In Stephanie Click's district, there will be about 10,000 votes that are cast. And she will spend $1.2 million in this election. That is crazy. It shows you just how hard they are working because they have to continue to control their narrative that they're not doing the wrong thing, that they are not killing these different pieces of conservative policy. You have two different groups. One that is a conservative group of people focused on policy results, and the other is an Austin elite establishment conglomerate focused on show votes. And so those are the battles that we're seeing play out. You have a Ted Cruz versus Greg Abbott battle because Greg Abbott has literally gone into every one of these runoffs and chosen the most moderate option. And then you have a Ted Cruz who has gone in and for the most part picked the more conservative option. Dan Patrick jumped in over the weekend in an open seat in House District 93 and endorsed Nate Schatzline, who is endorsed by all of the conservatives in that district, while, Ted, while uh, Greg Abbott and Dade Phelan have endorsed Laura Hill, alongside Joe Strauss, the former Republican Speaker of the House who voted for Joe Biden to be his president. So think about... What kind of implications that'll have? It will have implications. It'll affect the Republican caucus in the House. It will affect the amount of policy that we get out of the next legislative session. If you're somebody who cares about the results in 2023, then today will set a bit of a tone. There should be some conservative wins. There should be some establishment wins. There will be several elections that end up being very close because there always are. And those are the ones that remind us just how much each and every person's engagement in the battle matters. But it's not a battle that we get to see end. And that's why a lot of conservative activists ultimately burn out over time. Because who likes fighting a battle that just you know, get thrown back into and thrown back into and thrown back into? But here's the cool thing. We have seen massive success in the state of Texas as the Republican Party continues to be shoved and the elected elites get shoved to the right whether they want to or not year after year after year after year. And you can't ignore that success. But if you look around you, you see just how much there still is to do. And the stakes are high. The issues at hand are high. The type of policy that's being discussed have high stakes. It's people's lives. Whether it's the end-of-life policy issues that we're advocating for or 
looking at sex change surgeries and manipulative therapies that are given to these small little kids, these child abusive parents and therapists telling this little girl she's a little boy, that's legal in this state. That's crazy. We talked about that last week with the Supreme Court's ruling and all these crazy things. These are massive issues with massive implications. Whether or not parents have the right to see everything that their kids are being taught or indoctrinated, whether they have the ability to choose the school that's best for their child and actually go to a public school that's not indoctrinating versus a public school that is, if you created that type of competitive atmosphere, how you'd be able to incentivize certain schools to stop being such leftist indoctrinators. These are the type of things that are on the ballot. But political activists have a tendency to feel like every battle is the biggest battle ever. You hear that, right? You go to a Republican club and they go, this is the most important election of our lifetime. And then the, until the next one, and then that'll be the most important election of your lifetime. The truth is that elections are all very important because they have serious implications and consequences. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, it's a result of Donald Trump's presidency. That's a fact. That means that election in 2016 was incredibly consequential. That a vote for Donald Trump will ultimately in the history books also be a vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. So yes, every election is really, really important. But it's not the most important because we haven't gotten to the next election. And according to the last 16 years of political history that I've watched more closely, every election seems to be more important than the election before. So I don't know how this one's the most important, except for the fact that we just haven't gotten to the next one yet. So take a step back. Take a breath. You should go vote as should you and you should encourage everybody you know to vote. And then you should watch the results and you should be pleased by some of the results tonight. I hope that I'm pleased by some of the results tonight and you should be disappointed by some of the results tonight because I will probably also be disappointed by some of the results tonight. And then you will remind yourself that this was probably not the most consequential election because next election will probably be more consequential because everyone seems to trump the last one, pun intended. It's going to be a good night for Texas. And uh, it's going to be a good night because one, we get to live in an amazing state and that's not going to change. And two, because I think that we have continued to see the Republican Party in Texas pushed to the right. And I don't think that's going away anytime soon. And what we're seeing is a massive pushback with all the forces coming together to try to see if they can't just push the tide back a little bit. But I don't think that that tide is something that can be pushed back. And that's the problem that these politicians ultimately will have when they go back into session in 2023. So that is today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you haven't uh, rated our episode in a while, please consider doing that. Um, I don't really ask for those 
during my normal recording as much. But if you haven't subscribed, subscribed. If you haven't rated, please rate. Thank you for continuing to follow the show and we will continue to give you updates. And next week we will likely be talking about some of the implications of the election results. But there's also just so much more going on across the state that we have to cover and we look forward to bringing it to you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Texas.